The following program is proudly supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation, cbf.com.au. More than 280 lives have been lost on New South Wales roads in the past 12 months. There were also 3.2 million fines worth almost $1 billion issued in New South Wales between December 20 and November 2021. Don't become the next statistic. Take your knowledge about road safety and road rules to the next level with 2MFM's new series. Road Safety in Focus. Airing every Wednesday on the AM Drive Time Show from 8am. Tune in via 92.1 FM, live stream on 2MFM.org or the 2MFM app on iOS and Android. Road Safety in Focus. Road Safety in Focus. Good morning and welcome back to everybody tuned to the Muslim Community Radio and this episode of the AM Drive Time Show with your AM Drive Time host, Ayla. It's also a pleasure to welcome you to the launch of the new 2MFM Road Safety in Focus series, which will be broadcasting over 10 episodes. And uh, today you will be receiving the first episode of Road Safety in Focus, in which we will be starting at a very basic and logical point, talking about the licensing process in New South Wales. So licensing and getting a driver's license is one of the significant milestones in just about every person's life. It's something that we look forward to and anticipate from a very young age. I know that there are many kids out there who, you know, from the age of 10 or 11, start dreaming about the day that they will be able to get their own set of wheels and to be able to get out and about on their own. So it is something that's very, very important to a lot of us. And it is something that makes life a lot easier for many of us as well. I mean, being able to drive in such a large country as Australia, where getting from point A to point B can entail driving for many, many kilometres, it's very, very important for us to have a mode of transport that's convenient and reliable and something that we can rely on to get from one point to the other as quickly as possible and as safe as possible. I know, of course, there is the option of using 
public transport, but sometimes for some people that's just not a convenient method of transport. People like to have a car and be able to choose the exact time they can leave a particular place and arrive at a particular destination. So it is very important and it's very important also for us not just to get a driver's license, but to keep our driving license. And so in today's episode of Road Safety in Focus, we are casting under the spotlight the issue of licensing in New South Wales and also discussing things relating to demerit points. So how does the demerit point system work in New South Wales? We'll also be talking about or explaining the difference between license suspensions and disqualifications and some of the options that are available to people who are facing license suspension. In that regard, I will be speaking shortly to Minister for Multiculturalism, Mr Bakure, about the licensing process in New South Wales and all these other things that we mentioned and have your questions answered. I know some of us are not too clear about the licensing process in New South Wales, particularly if you're somebody who has arrived from overseas recently or perhaps you've just moved from another state or territory in Australia and not quite sure if the licensing process is similar or different to your home state or territory. So we'll have all these things explained in the upcoming interview with Minister for Multiculturalism, Mark Kure. Starting to MFM's Road Safety in Focus series at a logical point, the first topic to be addressed is the licensing process in New South Wales and what that process entails for New South Wales residents, those moving to New South Wales from another state or territory, but also for migrants, international arrivals and everyone in between. We'll also be explaining how demerit points work and discussing some of the circumstances leading to license suspensions or disqualifications to walk us and talk us through this topic and to help us explore the fine details within, I'm pleased to be speaking with New South Wales Minister for Multiculturalism, Mark Kure. Minister, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to speak to us today. Well, thank you very much, Ola, and it's great to be with you today. Thank you so much. Minister Kure, you're currently the Minister for Multiculturalism, but at the same time, you are an ordinary road user who is subject to the same rules and conditions as every other citizen in New South Wales, which means you view road and driving related issues from a similar perspective as the average road user. However, I also understand you previously held the position of Parliamentary Secretary for Transport and Infrastructure. So in what way did that role help you see things from a different perspective to the ordinary road user? Well, it it gave me an opportunity to see what the real issues were. And I understand, you know, obviously getting a licence is very important for one's independent, uh, for getting a better job, being able to drive to TAFE or to university Mm -hmm. or to access health services. And I think it's 
it's very important for one's independence to get out there on the road uh, the minute you know they turn 16 or 18 and make sure that they get their tests done. You're probably also privy to some of the challenges that policymakers are subject to or exposed to in terms of making the road rules and what works for people, what works for road users, etc. Well, I certainly am. And, you know, there are a lot of programs out there to help our multicultural communities, to help Mm -hmm. people right across New South Wales. I mean, you know, we've got the Road Use Safety Behavioural Program, which sort of provides a range of services in ensuring that, you know, you're promoting the correct purchase and installation of child seats and restraints. And, of course, supporting active lifestyle for older drivers by delivering workshops to address road safety issues like new road rules and age-based licensing test requirements. Mm -hmm. These are all very, very important. And, of course, you know, they're delivered across Sydney in a number of different languages, including Arabic. That's wonderful. Now, let's start with some questions relevant to your forte. Some licensing questions pertaining to migrants and international arrivals. So, for how long can migrants drive in New South Wales using their overseas driver's licence? Well, if you've moved to New South Wales from another Australian state or territory, Mm -hmm. you can only drive in New South Wales on an interstate licence for three months. And after that, you'll need to visit, obviously, a service New South Wales centre, apply to transfer your licence to a New South Wales driver licence. And for those that are, of course, international, Mm -hmm. within the first three months of your arrival, you'll need to visit a service New South Wales and transfer your overseas licence to a New South Wales driver's licence. You may need to pass a knowledge or driving test depending on where your overseas licence was issued. And of course, if you hold a car or ride a licence issued by a recognised country or jurisdiction, you can apply for a New South Wales licence without passing a knowledge test or a driving test, which is great news. All right, so that's specific to certain jurisdictions, so it doesn't apply to every country. Yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there is a full list of recognised jurisdictions and countries at the Service New South Wales website, which you can easily locate. So we did establish then that um, some drivers would need to sit for a driver knowledge test before being able to um, get a New South Wales driver's licence, even though they have been licensed in a country other than Australia. So is that test available to be done in other languages other than English? Because some people might come out to Australia not feeling too confident of their English skills and they might fear that they would fail the test if they were to do it in English. Look, absolutely. Now, the driver knowledge test is available in English, Arabic, Cantonese, Croatian, Greek, Korean, Serbian, Spanish, Turkish and Vietnamese. Wow. And of course, a free interpreter service although is available to people who need to take the test in other languages. An audio version of the test where you can listen to the questions is also available in multiple languages. And as I said before, you can, you can call the 132213 number to make arrangements before you book. In the lead-up to that driver knowledge test, obviously people would need to study for that test. Are there multilingual resources for people to refer to in the lead-up to that driver knowledge test? Look, there certainly is. And we've got, obviously, the Get Licensed, Get Legal, Get Work resource um, that is available in different languages. We've got the Driver's Licensing Access Program as well, where, Mm -hmm. you know, the program targets refugee and resettlement communities communities uh, where vulnerable young people 
um, are obviously wanting to get a license. All of this uh, wonderful resource is translated into many different languages. And of course, we've got the graduate licensing scheme. Yeah. Where workshops are delivered across Sydney in many different languages that I had mentioned before. Let's talk a little bit about interstate drivers. As you mentioned earlier, they're kind of subject to the same rules as migrants or international arrivals in that they, if they are moving permanently to New South Wales, they would need to apply for a New South Wales driver's licence within three months. Um, Now, if we slightly reverse this scenario, can the holder of a New South Wales driver's licence lose demerit points if they commit a driving offence in another state or territory. So someone from New South Wales went to, let's say, Queensland or Melbourne and they got a fine for doing something wrong. Would they still lose those demerit points given that the offence was committed in a different state or territory? Well, it's a question I get asked all the time. Mm -hmm. And yet, the National Driver Licensing Scheme, which has been adopted by all Australian states and territories, provide details for a certain driving offence committed by a driver while visiting in another state to be transferred to the driver's home jurisdiction for recording of that traffic record. So, yes, the answer is yes, they can. Mm -hmm. Um, If you hold a New South Wales licence and commit one of the relevant offences in another state, the offence will be returned to New South Wales and the number of demerit points that the offence attracts in New South Wales, not in the current state, in New South Wales will be applied. All right. I'm sure that uh, clears the matter up for anybody who was uh, questioning. Let us now talk a little about some of the conditions that apply to different licence classes or types. Does the type of licence a person holds affect the type of vehicle they can drive? Yes, it does. I mean, if you've got a a car licence, you can drive vehicles that include cars, utes, vans, some light trucks, Mm-hmm. Um, if you've got a rider licence, it's motorcycles and scooters. Uh, and of course, if you've got a medium licence for trucks, it's, it's the rigid vehicles with two axes. Heavy vehicle licence is the same, but it's the heavy vehicles. So the licence that you obtain and the licence you would successfully get is linked to the vehicle that you can drive. All right. So just to clarify the issue, so if somebody had, for example, a license for a motorcycle, yep. they wouldn't be able to drive a motor car, as would somebody who has a car license, they wouldn't be able to go and drive like a semi-trailer or something like that. That, that is exactly right. I mean, the license you obtain is linked to the vehicle that you drive or oh. ride. All right. And obviously there are certain rules that also apply to provisional drivers in terms of the vehicles they can drive. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, we've got a scheme here in New South Wales where, you know, if you apply learner P1, P2 licensing holders, regardless of their age, Mm -hmm. um, but you've got a certain number of hours to obtain those licenses. So you've got a number of hours, minimum hours of supervised driving, for example. But of course, when you're on a P1 and a P2, there are restrictions in place in terms of, you know, obviously the vehicles that you drive and where you drive them, for example. Now, are there any factors or reasons that may prevent someone from getting a licence altogether? Well, you've obviously got the hazard deception test, which is a computer-based test that you need to pass before you can, you can take the driving test and get your provisional P1 licence. And that test measures how well you recognise potentially dangerous situations on the road. Of course, that test is available for 
English, Arabic, Chinese, Croatian, Greek, Korean, Serbian, Spanish, Turkish and Vietnamese languages. And of course, a free interpreter service is available to people who can take the test in other languages as well. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to what's known as the graduated licensing scheme. You touched on it briefly earlier on, and this is a key element of the licensing process in New South Wales. So what is the graduated licensing scheme and what does it entail? Well, it's a really good question. The graduate licensing scheme is the process you follow to go from your learner driver's license through to your full license. Mm -hmm. And through the three stages, conditions and tests, the scheme prepares new drivers to be safe and low-risk drivers. While the scheme has helped to to halve the number of fatalities involving young drivers on New South Wales roads, um, since its induction in 2000, young drivers are overrepresented in fatality crashes. So the Centre of Road Safety continues to enhance and improve the scheme to prepare novice drivers, particularly young drivers, to be safe and low-risk drivers in order to reduce the number of drivers involved in crashes. And the scheme does also apply for older adults wanting to get a licence, and it applies to all learner P1 and P2 licence holders, regardless of their age. All right. So whether somebody's getting their licence as a 16, 17-year-old or someone's applying for their licence at the age of 25 or 35, they still have to go through the same process. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. You know, And that is to spend a minimum amount of time on their learner licence mm-hmm. or complete the minimum 120 hours supervised driving and to hold their learner licence to a minimum of 10 months before they're able to take the hazard perception test. It is a computer-based test that you need to pass before you can take the driving test and get your provisional P1 licence. It can be a little bit more daunting than the actual driver knowledge test in some ways. It certainly can because it measures how well you can recognise potentially dangerous situations on the road. That's right. So let's turn our attention a little bit to migrants and the graduated licensing scheme because a lot of people may question whether migrants would need to go through the graduated licensing scheme as well. Well, the answer is yes. If the car or rider licence Mm-hmm. has not been issued by a recognised country or jurisdiction, mm-hmm. a driver will need to progress through that graduated licensing scheme. Oh, right. And the same position applies to all drivers progressing through that scheme. They've got to have a minimum number of hours until they progress to the next stage of their licence. All right. A source of confusion for many drivers, especially newly licensed drivers or migrants, is the demerit point system. To eliminate any confusion surrounding this matter, Minister, can you please explain how the demerit point system works in New South Wales? Well, the demerit point system is very, very difficult to understand sometimes, (laughs) but I'll make it easy here today. What we have is, of course, unrestricted licence holder. So if you're a holder of an unrestricted licence, you have 13 points. Professional drivers, taxi drivers, bus drivers have 14. And then you go down to provisional license, the P2 license, mm-hmm. has seven points and four points if you are a learner license or a provisional P1 license, the red P's. Mm-hmm. Now, demerit points last for a three-year period, starting from the date of the offence. And a demerit point check shows your three-year average active demerit points plus four months and obviously you can go through that through the Service New South Wales website. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't committed any driving offences, you have zero demerit points. 
Mm. If you commit an offence that carries demerit points, those points are added to your driving record. It's really good that you explain that because a lot of people assume that they already have those points there and it's a deduction system. So somebody's taking points away from your licence, but in fact demerit points are added to your driving that's, that's record. Exactly, that's exactly right. If you are committed an offence that carries demerit points, the points are added to your driving record and your driver licence type determines, as I said before, the number of points that you get. Mm -hmm. So when you reach or exceed your demerit point limit, Transport for New South Wales can suspend your licence or refuse to renew it. And of course, depending on the licence, mm. one offence could mean that you could lose your licence in one go. Like double demerits if you're using your mobile phone, 10 points. Yep. Yep. And if you've already yep. lost points before that, then that's your licence gone. That's exactly right. You know, speeding through a, a school zone, for example, mm -hmm. using your mobile phone, could ultimately mean that you lose your license. Now, what is the difference between a license suspension and a license disqualification? They're terms that I find often are used interchangeably by some people, but are they the same or are they in fact different? Uh, well, the main difference is disqualification of your license is different to suspension mm -hmm. because it is imposed by the court. Okay. So if you're disqualified, you'll need to reapply for a driver licence at the end of the disqualification period. Mm -hmm. um, a licence suspension, you can have your licence suspended if you exceed the number of demerit point limit or commit a traffic offence such as speeding, driving under the influence, street racing, driving without suspension if you're a learner licence holder. So there's two significant differences there. Mm -hmm. But I will say this. If a suspension has not been issued by a police officer, yes. you may need to get a notice of suspension from Transport for New South Wales, and that uh, notice of suspension or refusal lists the date the licence suspension or refusal begins. And so what happens after receiving this notice of suspension? Are there any options available to that person as to what they can do, or is it that's it, your licence is suspended and you just have to wait it out? Well, what happens is if you are suspended, you must not drive during the period of suspension. Mm -hmm. At the end of the suspension period, you don't need to reapply for your licence, provided it hasn't expired. Okay. You cannot legally drive while suspended. If you do, there are severe penalties, including licence disqualification, mm -hmm. much larger fines, and even imprisonment. Oh, wow. So really, people should uh, abide by the conditions of the suspension and not do anything. But I've also heard that in some situations, in the case of some suspensions, drivers may have the opportunity to apply for what's known as a good behaviour period. So can you tell us how this good behaviour period works and who may not be eligible for such a good behaviour driving period? Yeah, you can apply for a good behaviour period online. On the Service New South Wales website, if there are at least two business days left before your suspension is due to begin, mm -hmm. if there are fewer than two business days remaining, you may want to visit the Service New South Wales Centre. Okay. You must apply to elect a good behaviour period before your suspension is due to begin, and once you've applied, you can't withdraw it. Mm -hmm. um, so you can always just Service New South Wales Centre. Uh, mind you, electing the good behaviour option is not always available if you hold a provisional or learner licence. All right. So how long is that good behaviour driving period? It's usually about 12 months? Yes, that's right. It is a 12-month good behaviour period. 
And what happens during that period? Let's say somebody, um, while they're on that 12-month good behaviour period, they commit another traffic violation. What happens in, in that case? Well, I think at the end of the day that's been withdrawn, mm-hmm. but it's something that, of course, you need to check with service New South Wales, depending on the type of licence yeah. and depending on the traffic event. All right. And Minister, just before we wrap up, is there anything of relevance that you feel has not been covered in our discussion that you would like to add at this point? Well, I just think, um, you know, obviously I know getting your licence can be a real game changer for many people. Mm -hmm. Uh, It means, you know, visiting friends and family, getting a job, going to school, university and visiting friends as well. At the end of the day, my message is very simple. Stay within the road rules and the speed limits be safe, look out for yourself and your friends because we all want a safer community. That's right. We all need to be courteous and careful drivers because we're all sharing these roads together and at the end of the day, you know, we all want to get home to our families safely. We do indeed. Minister for Multiculturalism, Mark Kure, thank you for your time and for helping us erase some of the question marks that many people might have about licensing, demerit points and suspensions. It's been a pleasure having you on board. Well, thank you, Ola, and thank you to your listeners as well. The following is supported by the Community Broadcasting Foundation. More than 280 lives have been lost on New South Wales roads in the past 12 months. There were also 3.2 million fines worth almost $1 billion issued in New South Wales between December 20 and November 2021. Don't become the next statistic. Take your knowledge about road safety and road rules to the next level with 2MFM's new series. Road Safety in Focus. Airing every Wednesday on the AM Drive Time Show from 8am. Tune in via 92.1 FM, live stream on 2MFM.org or the 2MFM app on iOS and Android. Road Safety in Focus. Road Safety in Focus.
Welcome back, everybody. You've been tuned to the Muslim Community Radio and the AM Drive Time Show, where today we have launched the very first episode in uh, the Road Safety in Focus series. And we have started with a very basic topic and one that many people may have found too basic, but to others may have been something that they really needed information about. And that is the licensing process in New South Wales. So how was that for a Q&A about New South Wales licensing issues and all things related to demerit points and suspensions? I think there were a few points in there that I guess a number of you would admit to not knowing before this interview. And uh, I would really like to once again extend my thanks to Minister for Multiculturalism, Mr. Mark Kure, for providing us with that information and clarification. was definitely an eye-opener for me and I know that many people would have thought like I said that this was a bit too basic a lot of the people who have been New South Wales residents all their lives or have been Australian citizens all their lives this may have not come as news to you We all know the process for obtaining a driver's license. We know what we need to do. We know where we need to go. But the process isn't always that clear cut and that simple for people arriving from other countries. It can be quite a daunting experience for people who have arrived from another country, especially one where the official language is not English and they come into Australia where, you know, there's a whole new road system, there's a whole new process for obtaining a licence and there are a lot of conditions to me. And for those people, it really can be very, very confusing and very daunting for them, overwhelming to go through that process and to get their driver's licence. So just recapping basically some of the key points that were mentioned in that interview with the Minister going over some of the points pertaining to international drivers or people who have come in, whether you're a migrant or you're going to be a long-term resident of Australia, those people may have come into Australia and New South Wales already holding a driver's licence from their home country. So what these people can do is actually continue to drive in New South Wales for a period of of three months before they will have to apply for a New South Wales driver's licence. So you've got that three-month grace period basically to do all your research, get all your documents together and to present yourself to a service New South Wales centre so you can go through the process of applying for a New South Wales driver's licence. Now, one of the things that people will often wonder about is, do I just take my driver's licence and show up at a service New South Wales centre? Yes, but it does need to be translated if your driver's licence is in a language other than English. So for them to be able to transfer your international licence to a New South Wales driver's licence, your driver's licence will need to be translated. And like we mentioned earlier and what was mentioned in the interview, um, that process of transferring your driver's licence and whether or not you will have to do a driving test 
to get a New South Wales driver's licence is also going to depend on another factor. And that's depending on the type of licence you hold and which country it came from. So I'm not sure if this process is dependent on how similar the road rules or the road system is in a particular country to Australia or to New South Wales. But there are some countries where you will not just be able to simply transfer your overseas international licence to a New South Wales driver's licence. You may need to in some cases, and depending on the country you came from, need to actually do a driver knowledge test and go through that graduated licensing scheme. So you need to get your learners, you need to get your P1, you need to get your P2 before you get your unrestricted license. So you will obviously have to check those details on the Service New South Wales website to see from which of the countries that you received a driving license, you will be able to directly transfer into a New South Wales driver's license. So that's one One thing that may cause a bit of an issue for people We also covered people arriving from interstate. So it's not just people arriving from overseas, a different country who will need to apply for a New South Wales driver's licence. Even somebody who's living in Australia, who is an Australian citizen, if you are moving from another state or territory in Australia and intending on becoming a resident of New South Wales, and I underscore the word resident because it's different for somebody who's just visiting the state. But if you are intending on moving to New South Wales to become a resident, then again, you too have three months to transfer your interstate license to a New South Wales driver's license. Something to keep in mind. A lot of people who come from overseas are usually a little bit afraid or overwhelmed by the idea of having to do a driver knowledge test in English. And so what we also learned is that the driver knowledge test is available in a number of languages, including Arabic and a number of other languages. Obviously, these languages you can check on the Service New South Wales website. And if you do speak a language other than those languages listed, you will still be able to do the test in another language, in your spoken language, just by having an interpreting service arranged for that test. So it doesn't mean that you need to come in and do the test in English if you don't know how to speak English properly or read English properly. There are also a number of resources. So for many of us ordinary people, we would usually go to the handbook that will give us all the information we need to study for the driver knowledge test. And this information is also available in other languages if you wanted to prepare yourself for that driver knowledge test. Now, something else a lot of people may not pay any attention to or consider upon getting a driver's license, and this in particular applies to people who are on their learners and are wanting to move up the graduated licensing scheme to get their P1 license, and that is the type of vehicle that they can drive. So provisional drivers are restricted from driving certain vehicles, obviously due to their power and all sorts of other things. Some vehicles are deemed too powerful to be driven by provisional drivers. So they too will need to go onto the Service New South Wales or the Transport New South Wales website to check the kind of vehicle that they will be able to drive once they get their provisional licence. 
other than the licensing process itself, we also discussed in that interview what the demerit point system is like in New South Wales and how it actually works. And this is a source of confusion for many people. And it's probably because of the kind of terminology we often use in reference to the demerit point system. So, for example, when somebody gets a fine and it attracts demerit points, we say, I lost points. And that's not exactly how the demerit point system works in New South Wales. In fact, we all start off with zero demerit points on our license, regardless of the class of license that we hold. So whether we're a learner or a provisional driver or an unrestricted driver, we all have zero points to start off with. What happens is when we get a fine, for example, and it attracts demerit points, let's say a certain offence attracts three demerit points, these demerit points are added to our driving record. So we started with zero and after we committed a certain offence, now we have three demerit points on our driving record. And for most drivers, unrestricted drivers, they can accumulate up to a maximum of 13 demerit points on their driving record before their licence is suspended. Now, the demerit points will vary from one licence class to the next. Like we said earlier, for learner and P1 drivers, they only can accumulate up to four demerit points on their driving record before they get a suspension. For P2 drivers, seven demerit points. And for unrestricted drivers, it's 13 points. There's also another class, which is for professional drivers. So people like bus drivers and taxi drivers who basically drive for a living, they're called professional drivers they can attract up to 14 points on their driving record before they qualify for a suspension. So we've covered the licensing process and we've spoken a little bit about the demerit point system in New South Wales, just rehashing some of those key points that were mentioned in the earlier interview with Minister for Multiculturalism, Mark Curie. to the AM Drive Time Show and the first episode in the Road Safety in Focus series where we have discussed the licensing process in New South Wales and explained some of the confusing elements of our system such as demerit points and license suspensions. There were a couple of points I just wanted to rehash regarding demerit points. These are some points that may be important for some people in that a lot of people will question how many years it takes 
takes for those demerit points to be removed from their driving record. So we've already established that when you get a fine, you have demerit points added to your driving record. You don't initially lose any points because we all start off with zero demerit points anyway. So once those demerit points are added to your driving record, how long is it going to take before those demerit points are removed from your driving record? And in most cases, it's three years. Three years it will take for those demerit points to be removed from your driving record. And by checking your driving record and your demerit point status on the Service New South Wales website, that will usually give you your average for three years and four months. So now that we've covered that element, we can probably move on to license suspensions. And this is an unfortunate situation that many people have found themselves in once they've accumulated too many demerit points or more demerit points than their threshold allows for. So for example, for an unrestricted license holder, someone who holds a full license, this is what an unrestricted license is. A lot of people refer to it as a full license. It's 13 points maximum of 13 demerit points that you can accumulate on your record before your license is suspended. So what happens once this suspension happens? Now, it's going to differ. Some things will incur an immediate suspension and the minister mentioned a few cases in particular where people's license would be suspended immediately by a police officer, such as in the case where somebody is found to be drink driving or street racing or under the influence of drugs. This is a case where people would usually be subject to an immediate suspension. Otherwise, if you have... um, exceeded your demerit point threshold by getting a fine, say you were caught by a red light camera or a speed camera or one of those mobile phone cameras and you have basically accumulated more than your maximum amount of demerit points and you're due for a suspension, you will be sent a notice in the mail from Service New South Wales advising you of the date from which your licence will be suspended. Now, in that case, you do have some options available to you in some cases and if you are an unrestricted licence holder. You may be able to apply for what is known as a good behaviour period and that good behaviour period is for 12 months and you can continue to drive during that period of 12 months but there are some conditions and some of the conditions mean that you can only accumulate up to two demerit points in that period. So if you do accumulate two demerit points, if you commit any driving offence which attracts two demerit points, let's say, that means that your good behaviour period will be cancelled in effect. And what will usually happen is that your original suspension period will now double. So let's say you received a suspension for three months and you applied for a good behaviour period. Let's say while you were on that 12-month good behaviour period, you were booked for speeding, and that means you will have probably accumulated more than two demerit points. In that case, your good behaviour period will be cancelled, and instead of your licence suspended for three months, now it will be suspended for six months. So you need to be very careful. And the thing is, there are also some conditions about when you need to apply for this good behaviour period. You do need to apply for it before the date from which your suspension begins. You can't come in after three days from when your suspension began and then say, I want to apply for a good behaviour period. This needs to happen in advance. So minimum two days 
before your suspension comes into effect if you're going to apply for it online through the Service New South Wales website. And if you have less than two days before your suspension period starts, then you actually need to go physically in person to a Service New South Wales centre to apply for that good behaviour period. And as the minister mentioned, this good behaviour period is not available to every driver who is facing a suspension. So, for example, if a learner driver gets suspended or someone on their provisional licence gets suspended, they will not be able to apply for a good behaviour period. there you have it. That's the first episode of the Road Safety in Focus series done and dusted. I'm sure it was an eye opener for many people. I know that there are a lot of people to which this information came as news because it's not the kind of information they've accessed before or heard before. You may be somebody who has just recently arrived in Australia and doesn't know how our system works. So hopefully this has cleared up any of those question marks that you may have had about the licensing process, demerit points or license suspensions and disqualifications. On a final note, just rehashing once again that there is in fact a difference between licence suspensions and disqualifications. Usually disqualifications are something that are issued by a court. So the courts are the ones that disqualify your licence or disqualify you from driving. And it means that after the disqualification period, you actually need to reapply for a licence. That is not the case with suspensions where as soon as you finish the suspension period, you can resume driving without having to reapply for a new license in most cases. That is if your license has not expired within that suspension period. that note, this may be a good time and I'm sure the answers to the questions I asked earlier have already been revealed through the interview with Minister Makure. But if you did miss any of that information, then I can tell you the answer for the first question I asked. For how long can international drivers use their overseas licence to drive in New South Wales? It is three months. And I did get a lot of correct answers on WhatsApp. So thank you very much all for your answers. The second question, and this is one that would have thrown people for a loop, I suppose. Is it true or false that all New South Wales drivers start with zero demerit points and have demerit points added to their driving record if they commit a driving offence? And uh, the responses to this question were quite interesting because it did show me that a lot of people did think that we actually don't start with zero demerit points, that we have points taken away from us. 
And so hopefully this has been cleared up for you through today's episode of Road Safety in Focus. Thank you all for your wonderful messages, for all the love and support you've shown me on WhatsApp. The next episode, episode two, will be airing next Wednesday from 8am. You can look forward to another interesting topic regarding road safety and road rules. Until that time, I wish you all very happy times in the company of the Muslim Community Radio. Please take care and stay safe.